0: Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Farmers' Corners FC, the French Football Podcast with the Accent Season 2, Episode 11 today. And today I have some uh, some pretty exciting news uh, for myself and for everybody uh, listening. I, I sort of very quickly teased it uh, over Twitter a couple of hours ago, uh, but I'm, I'm lucky enough to to join the team of um, Breaking the Lines, the um, media uh, that Zach Lowy started uh, a few years back. Uh I'm I'm pretty pretty happy, pretty humbled, pretty honored uh that to join uh, Zach, Juan and, and all the team uh, over there. If if you don't know Breaking the Lines, please uh go and, and check out the website. A lot of very interesting um, in-depth articles, uh, of course, a few podcasts, uh, a very interesting tactical podcast, uh, a good podcast, but uh, Portuguese football as well. And so I'll, I'll bring in my uh, my contributions as far as uh, French football goes, as as everyone who listens to me knows, uh, I love to talk about French football. Uh, so so I'm pretty happy uh, to to be part of that team. So that was the, the little bit of news, and so this podcast will be released uh, on their channels. Um, and, and and then we'll see we'll see when I'll release it on, on mine anyway. That, that's a little bit of news uh, for for this podcast uh, and for this first podcast with um, breaking the lines and indeed a, uh, a very special guest to to talk about uh, French football uh, and given what's happening this weekend and what's happening the uh, coming weekend, I thought somebody. Uh, who knows Marseille maybe even more than I do, Uh, was the perfect guest to talk about what happened. Uh, So I welcome on the show uh, Ben from the Marseille view. Uh, Ben, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Yeah, um, I'm not that special, but but thank you for thinking so.
0: You are special. I met Ben uh, through the the Marseille View podcast, uh, and and he's got a uh, a very keen eye for for football analysis, and uh, and, and and loves Liga in general. I guess but Ben, if you want to just uh, quickly tell, um, you know, our, our audience, um, when did you start um, being on the Marseille View, and uh, and where does that love for for football and for Liga come from?
1: Sure. So um, I, I was born in the UK, but my, my dad's French, so I, I moved to France and my granddad's from Marseille. So, it, you know, when I was four years old, there was there was only one team for me. He bought me the jersey every year. And, and once you go to the Ville for the first time, you're addicted. Um, so afterwards, when I moved back to the UK, when I was 18, um, I, I sort of kept kept watching Ligue 1 and Marseille in general. Um, and it, it coincided with, with Marseille winning Ligue 1 again. So it was a very special moment to, to live that from abroad as an expat. Um, and then, so I, I we started doing the Massey View with, with Steph, um, probably three, almost three years ago now. Um, and it's, it's just a, a weekly, it used to be a weekly therapy session after, after poor performances. <laughs> 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 Thankfully we're playing better now. So it's, it's more positive and, and still some, some things to analyze and, 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 and sort of pick apart and, and suggest improvements, et cetera. And, um, yeah, that's it that's that's the journey really and i am lucky enough to to head up the um the marseille uh, official fan club in in london so i've been doing that for for two years now and it's yeah we all get together and watch the game so it means that you you're always debating with with lots of fans about marseille about 1 in general and um yeah it's it, it helps you it helps you keep informed about the rest of the league
0: that that's awesome And, yeah i guess um the, that family background explains that, but uh, but also uh seeing how Marseille is followed from uh from a different country, be it England, which is not too far from France, uh, must be a must be a very interesting thing. I mean, you and me know um how passionate OM fans are. So uh so seeing him from London must be a must be quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh Ben you you here today because the 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 focus on this podcast will, will be Marseille. Uh, the reason being um they obviously had a had a very good game this weekend. I didn't actually spend much time really analyzing uh, St. Pauli's tactics since he started uh with Marseille at least the in 2021-2022 season. Uh mm-hmm. and uh Hectic few weeks coming for Marseille with, of course, in uh, in a few days now, the Classic Marseille against Paris Saint-Germain. After that little focus, we'll talk about the rest of the game um, that were played in Ligue 1 this weekend. And uh, without uh, saying too much about your private life, you're in holidays in France right now. So you've seen uh, quite, quite a few games that um, even I can't watch live because they're in the middle of the night here in Australia. Uh, so I'm very happy that I have your uh, your input on on all of them, uh, for everybody listening in Ligue 1 this weekend, uh, day 10, 10 games, 26 goals, uh, two red cards, uh, a, a win for um, Paris Saint-Germain as usual, I guess. But some uh, big teams uh, couldn't couldn't match the pace uh, of uh, of Marseille, Paris, and Lyon in the beginning of the season. We'll get through that, and we'll finish by a, a very quick short preview of the the Champions League, the Europa League, and the European Conference League preview. You know the drill, we start with the music. All right, let's get straight into our focus. We're gonna focus on OM because On Sunday, the Classic, Marseille-Paris Saint-Germain, uh, will be played at the Stade Vélodrome. And what a way to uh, get ready for this uh, Classic, that win from Marseille last night, 4-1 against Lorient. Uh, last night or this morning for me uh, in Australia. Uh, the goal scorer for Marseille, Camara, the 27th minute. Uh, Gendouzi at the 56th, Milik at the eighty. 5th, and a goal that's right now given to Genduzzi at the 92nd minute, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being an on-goal by uh, Huboulang Mendes. Lorienté had opened the score for Lorient at the 13th minute on a penalty, uh, 64% possession for Marseille, 16 shots, 6 on target, and for Lorient, 15 shots, 7 on target. A very entertaining game. Ben... What did you think about that game? What do you think about Marseille's prestation against Lorient?
1: Uh, It it started good. I mean, uh, you've got to bear in mind the special context. Uh, It was, of course, the the homage to Bernard Tapie, who passed away sadly last week. Um, No, sorry, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, so the the stadium was full there were beautiful t4 um and and it's that kind of feeling where you know that the team has to win they have to they have to represent they have to to you know to put on a show for for the fans and the, and the boss um but it didn't start very well did it um we we started heidi with with pressing heidi and then Suddenly, uh, Lorient gets a penalty. Um, we, Marseille lose the ball stupidly. I think Camara takes, take, plays the most risky option when he had quite a few simple solutions around him. He could have played it back. But again, this is something I guess we'll talk about in more detail. I guess this is the instructions that they're given is to always take the risk, always, always go for the, the, the high rewards um, uh, pass and, and, and play. So yeah, we didn't start brightly, but then you know Gendouzi and Payet started running the show and and from there it was a a very solid um, performance from both of them that that carried the rest of the team.
0: Brilliant, Gendouzi and Payet last night, this morning, right? I mean, we know what Payet can do and we've seen it uh, a a few times this season already on the the six games that he's played. Uh, But but Gendouzi, I think, you know, the first couple of games started on a high and then we maybe had doubt if he was just a flash in the pen, but that game against Lorient, uh, he was all over it.
1: He, he's a solid player. Look, I, um, I've always rated him. I mean, I, I follow Arsenal um, in the UK, so I, I saw him regularly play for Arsenal when, it, when he joined Arsenal. And um, yeah, the, the whole Premier League, I mean, people were very impressed with him. They were like, look at this, you know, who's this This 19-year-old from France? Um, he, he's impressive. Um I remember watching him bully Manchester United away at Old Trafford and and everybody was was ecstatic about his you know his potential and then seemingly some some off the field problems and some uh, some attitude problems with uh, with with uh, Emery and then after and it's look every player they 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 need the right environment especially when they have um sort of big big characters and big um ambitions and 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 they 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 have leadership qualities I think he needed a manager like Sampaoli and Sampaoli is um, is, is helping him take, I think, the next step and, and sort of start fulfilling his potential. Um, for me, I mean, he, he was reminding me the way Marseille play at the minute. Um, he reminds me of when we had Luis Gustavo where you had Payet, was, you know, he's always he's, he's always excellent, oh. Payet. But you have Gendouzi, for me, he's, he's the real heart of this team, he's the playmaker.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think his, his complementarity with Camara is, is pretty... Uh... Pretty outstanding in in the midfield. Uh, it's a good win for Marseille, of course, after back-to-back defeats. Um, it's it's also I, I, I sort of live tweeted that during the game. Um, is, is it a bit of a reference game for for the goalkeeper Paul Lopez? Is it the the day where he might have been adopted by the the fans finally? Uh, a, a few good saves for the Spaniard.
1: <laughs> I mean you always get this with, with Marseille, you, you always get very divided fan base. I mean we all we all respect and love each other's opinions, but but there's always several points every year which which people argue about and it creates these clans and you have the you know you have the FC Mandanda as they call it on, on Twitter, the 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 Mandanda Brigade brigades who are head over heels, angry, they don't see what Paulo Pez brings that's different to the team. what how can we treat Mandanda like this is a club legend? It's like, come on, guys, look. We, this this should have happened three or four years ago. We should have started moving on from Baldad there and then. Um, you know he's 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 a legend. He's probably our, uh, he is our most caps ever player. But for the style of football Sampoli wants to play, we could already see at the end of last season when when joins for the second half of the season that he wasn't going to be able to implement his his principles with if if he doesn't have players that match his style. And um, Paulo Lopez, So so the last two weeks effectively we've we've seen you know it's the international break and lots of french media relaying um, you know is this a lack of respect for mondalbah what is what is what is doing how can he stop paulo Pez? Um, and he's responded in the best possible way he was he was very good last night and um, i think he, you can see what he brings to the team which is the, the players now i think progressively are going to be more and more confident using him as an extra as an extra sort of center back when we are in possession and using him to to get out of the, the opposition pressing and to build from the back. And he was very good last night, whether it was his distribution or his saves.
0: You've seen, yeah, we've seen a couple of passes uh, coming coming as far as from the halfway line straighter to Paul Lopez. Uh, and you know, I mean, um, we've played football. I've always heard my coach saying never pass the ball uh, within <laughs> within the the sticks. Uh, and they <laughs> yeah. didn't. Paul Lopez was 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 pretty safe there. Uh, you know, if Paul Lopez was that good, it's because in front of him uh, was a pretty uh, you know a pretty threatening, pretty dangerous, uh, but front three: Lorienté, Jara. Uh obviously we've seen Aberzel, the former Marseille player, and Montcondri uh, playing well as well. Lorient is a good squad. If Lorient scores two or three goals yesterday, uh it's not like it's not a, a, a theft. They they were pretty dangerous.
1: Yeah, they they had loads of chances and that's when uh, you, you sort of consider yourself lucky as an OM fan that the Taran Murphy was injured. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, they, um, no, they created chances. They created uh, you know, they could have been it could have been 3-1 for Lorient at half time easily. Um they, they had the chances. Paulo Lopez made a couple of good saves, but they missed a lot. Um and this is this is this is a, the worrying theme about São Paulo's tactics is that we do concede too many chances, dangerous chances too.
0: And and that's like I think that's the segue uh, into into <laughs> Sampa's tactics. We we see how um, how attractive, I guess, this team can be uh, offensively. Uh, but we see so many, I guess, a mix of individual mistakes which maybe shows that uh, the Marseille squad is not up to the standards that um, we Marseille supporters would like them to be or that they need to be if they want to challenge Paris uh, year in, year out. Plus that unbalance that St. Paulis has, has put into that team uh as far as you're concerned, what's what's the main issue? Is that the imbalance or is that the players' individual mistakes? We've, we've seen we've seen quite a, a fair bit of since the beginning of the season between mm-hmm. you know even Luan Perez last night or, or Baladis since the beginning of the of the year. Uh where do you think the the main issue is?
1: It's both. Um I mean look, it was always going to be difficult. You you have a you have a coach, whether it's Bielsa or Sampoli, who arrives. He brings in completely different principles of play from from what we the players that the core of the squad have been used to with with ABB, which is safe defensive solids no risk you know very little risk taking um and then you you have this coach who says no do the difficult thing go and look for the high rewards if we lose it it doesn't matter because the time that, that you do succeed it it will pay off um I think it's it's a mix of him probably trying to 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 be a bit too complicated and <clears throat> This is probably something I think that the OM fans would like to see: is him um, take less risks at certain points in the game. So when we're leading, or when we're, you know, we're, or when we come back to one-one last night, we, we put ourselves in danger again for a couple of individual errors or, or poor decisions by the players on the pitch. And it's like you, you would like them to to have that freedom to sort of play it safe and, and just be a bit more classic sometimes when there's no need to take the risk. Um, and I think the second point is, you know, you've got a coach so that's trying to implement you know, quite, uh, you know, sort of complex um, sh- tactical shifts in possession and without possession. And you, you've got a, a brand new squad of players who've never played together before. Um, you know, we've got 11 new players at, at Marseille this summer and, and it's always going to take time for them to adapt to each other, but also to the system. So I think it's a bit of both.
0: If If you were talking to somebody who's never watched a Marseille game, how do you describe that same-pass tactic? What's the what's the lineup? What's the formation?
1: <laughs> um, it, well it's it's, it's free three free one in, in possession and um and four four two without, except that um because of of the width that he wants us to have when we're attacking, it, it means that we're very exposed to counterattacks. Whenever we lose the ball, um because uh, because we try, uh, what's changed I think since the beginning of the season was he, he, he we were very direct and it was it was straightforward, pass it to the player, run down the wing, try and cross it in and create a chance. And now it seems to be a bit more um, based on controlling possession and being a bit more indirect um, in in the sort of Man City Guardiola style, but without without the, the, the players that Man City have, in in every position, sadly. <sighs> Um, so I think that's the best way to describe it is uh, controlled high tempo football, but um some teething problems with with certain players still adapting to to their to their their um, uh, teammates but also still adapting to liga in general, which is you know, quite a physical league. so it's not easy to 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 put all of those ingredients together and expect it to work straight away.
0: It's interesting what you're saying about that that adaptability that Se Pauloli. Uh, as bro- I mean, we, we've we seen nowhere near what his tactics this year are. Last year when he came in, clearly he didn't want to rock the boat straight away. But then he came in and he really imposed his style. Yet we came from, a, like you said, very direct football to position base. Do you think it was his plan all along? Or do you think he's rather answering to Ligue 1? Because, you know, two games in, teams figured out that Marseille was going to be a very complicated team to defend against. And now everyone drops low i mean i think lyon and psg won't drop low against us but that's probably the only team that are not going to to defend low do you think it's it's an answer to that that position base is the way for him to expose the team the the less
1: it may it would make sense wouldn't it yeah that he he you know for teams like uh the the teams come to the velodrome we know this they're going to sit 10 at the back or nine at the back with with one quick player forward who's gonna gonna be relied to hold that play while his teammates get forward to counter-attack. But yeah, I think look, I think it will work in the long term, uh, sort of medium term. We have the players to play possession football. You know, have Genduzzi who can mm-hmm. pick a pass between the lines, touch words, you have Jason who who once I think he's had a bit of a rest and he's adapted to Liga he'll he'll be he'll be he'll be back to, to form and he will be he will be putting putting the strings in midfield. Um he also needs to be to play in his natural position which would help a lot. <laughs> um but I, I think it would it will work against these teams but you 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 he, he will need to balance it with some form of, of defensive coverage and solidity because we've seen it last night as you know we, we, we can see the penalty from losing the ball in midfield and straight away because the other team play direct. They're on goal and there's a penalty. So you can play this possession-based football, but um, it's going to require players to be very fit um, if he wants to keep playing the high tempo that's going to be necessary to break these teams down. And,
0: and yeah, and you're talking about players being really fit and you're talking about uh, Jerson and, and we can also name uh, Amin Harit, uh, Balerji, Alvaro that were not on the, on the pitch um, mm. yesterday. This depth of squad is going to be very interesting. Marseille right now has just started a cycle where in the next uh, 21 days, or 21 days starting yesterday, it's, it was Lorient yesterday, this week it's Lazio, Paris Saint-Germain, next week the, um, the delayed game uh, from Nice, uh, the postponed game sorry, against Nice, then Clermont, Lazio again, and Metz, all that before the next international break. It's seven games in 21 days, which is you know um, what high level is supposed to be in football. Uh, do you think how how do you see this this period going for for Marseille?
1: I think um, sadly it's going to be a repeat of the last cycle before the before the the, the, the international break that's just happened. Where um, you looked last night, and this is also something Sampoli will need to address: is that even though we, we won four one, even though we we looked convincing in parts, if you look at the expected goals and and, and the, um, the the sort of main passing stats it is still quite sterile you know it's um we we had i think we had less than two expected goals and we we managed to score four because you know we've got milik and um and <laughs> you know he comes out of nowhere with a brilliant header and then there's a bit of a fortunate deflection on the fourth goal but it's it's a bit misleading in the sense that the players have just had a rest, or they've been on international breaks. Have psychologically, you know, they've they've recharged their batteries. Those that didn't play, those that did, have, have, have been in international squads and, and seen something else. And I think that with with the quantity of games, as you describe, and the fact that we're heading in, we're starting get seeing some cold temperatures here in France. We're going to have injuries. Um, I, I think Payet's not going to play many of these games, um, <laughs> or certainly not many of the away games. And we're going to have to balance that, and I think we'll, we'll just see that. I think we'll just run, start running out of stream when it comes to after the Nice game. Progressively, um, he will start turnover again, Sampoli, because as as we said, players will get tired. Um, there's a, there's a high number of games, and the system requires a lot of, of, of fitness and a lot of running, and that's when it will start losing breath um and losing speed, but you would hope that the Clermont and Mess, you know, that they're, they're teams that the Marseille should beat, even if we're playing poorly, we should have enough to beat these teams, even if we turn over the squad, as long as Amadie doesn't play, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you would think that we should still get results, but I think it will run out of we will run out of breath and we'll run out of steam um in in after after the Nice game
0: I agree for Metz. I uh, I disagree for Clermont. We'll talk about Clermont later, but I think Clermont is a is a dangerous squad uh, this season in in Liga. Uh, you you mentioned the expected goals. Uh, I think the the very beginning of the season, uh, you know, we score three goals, two goals. Uh, Sandy Zunder is in, is in form, uh, and then we see a few games where there there's chances uh, in in Europa League and in Liga. And, and the goals don't come. Milik is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored his 10th goal. Um, yesterday, it's his 10th goal in 17 games. It's the fastest player uh, playing for Marseille to reach 10 goals after uh, or since, rather, Sonia Anderson, who had reached the 10 goals in, in 11 games back then. Uh, how much of a game changer it is to have um, Alex Milik back in, in the squad?
1: Um, so far, I, I thought that last night they struggled to to find him a bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was notably because Conrad was, uh, De La Fuente was, was very well marked out of the game for large parts of the first half. Um, and then when it opened up a bit, um, you know, sort of, I think that um, when Dieng came on, he started seeing a lot more of the ball and Payette also started having a bit more freedom in midfield because um, Lorient were, were, were committing a few, few more people forward to try and get that equaliser i think it will work. i think they will find him and 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 the system will will, will be geared towards playing with him and and it, it will you know he he's a, such a talented player that all he needs is one chance and he scores right <clears throat> but i also think it's it's uh, it's important to have him back but he's not the only danger fortunately and i, I hope that Bombardier can continues with with the good form we've seen recently um and we, and you hope that that someone else like Under, he's been you know, he's been probably one of our, our best our best wingers since the beginning of the season. He was suspended last night. You'd like to think that if he had played, we'd have scored maybe one more goal, he would have scored or created the goal. So we have enough danger and supply for Milik. Um that the, the question's going to be, how good are our opposition teams going to, to get at marking him out of the game and forcing us to rely on on maybe those wide players or Payet. Um, to 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 make the difference, but the fact is, he only needs one
0: chance and he'll score. Well, he's got two real tests coming uh, for him this week. Of course, uh, the the trip to to Lazio. But what we're going to talk about more importantly, I guess, for a uh, for our Ligue 1 listeners, is the classic this weekend: Marseille, Paris Saint Germain. Messi comes to the Velodrome uh-huh. to play for uh, another Ligue 1 team. You, you know, it, it looks like it's the game of the year for Marseille, but I, I've got to say that from what I see from the beginning of the season from Paris Saint-Germain, I don't know that it matters that much to them, and you know, until the fans are going to remind them how important it is.
1: Um, you, you, we think this every year, don't we? We think, and, and it's a narrative that's that's been around in Ligue 1 for for years now, since since uh, QSC took over PSG, and it's. Yes, there's so many foreign players, they don't understand the value of these of these derbies and how much it means and they're only here for the money, they're mercenaries, blah, 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 blah. blah. And every year they beat Marseille pretty convincingly, <laughs> apart from last year. Um, I, I don't think it matters. Um, it, it's another game for them, sure, but the type of hostile environment, etc., that they're going to face at the Villa Um, Messi's never played at the Dorm as well, so it's going to be quite interesting to, to get his thoughts on the atmosphere after the game. But... You know, he's the type of player like like Payet does for Marseille. He thrives in that sort of environment, mm-hmm. in that hostility, um, and and you you just know that they're gonna they're gonna find another gear. They're gonna play. I expect them to to find another gear next Sunday, like they did against Man City, even though they look disorganized and and I'm not really sure what Pacchettino's tactics or, or or guiding principles in play are from what I've seen so far. <laughs> they they have enough players to make the difference and. Especially with with Marseille's, you know, sort of as we as we've just exposed tendencies to to be to be exposed at the back by playing high risk football. Um, I, I I I my heart says Marseille will probably you know play hundred and twenty percent and and maybe surprise them, but my head says that we're gonna we're gonna start brightly and then after 15, 20 minutes they'll either score a goal on the counter attack, Mbappe will just run through a, a gap in the defense, or the, the referees will find a way of messing with us and, and we'll they'll, we'll get a red card or, or they'll get a penalty <laughs> or something.
0: Paris Saint-Germain and the referees is a, is, is a good <laughs> story this season as well. Same thing, we're going to go back to that. It, it's interesting what you're saying about the counter-attack because I, I sort of think that although Paris Saint-Germain is well able to control the game against Marseille, I wouldn't be surprised to see them playing the way they played against Manchester City I mean defensively exactly. they, they are good enough to just wait and see and then clearly Messi doesn't need one opportunity he needs a third of an opportunity to score a goal and same for Mbappé and, and Neymar when it's in form as well see, seeing it like this as a Marseille fan do you see that as a bit of a validation of how good the squad has become if Paris Saint-Germain comes in and instead of trying to detail the tempo decides to Drop low and pain counter attack. Is that a bit of a you know, that's how good Marseille is right now? Uh,
1: you'd like to think that, but but as you say, as someone who who watches PSG and, and the rest of Ligue 1 quite generally, they, they do that in every so called big game, don't they? I mean, <clears throat> last year, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be so um chauvinistic and <laughs> and and, <laughs> and 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 blinded by by my love for Marseille to say that you can compare us to Bayern, Munich and Barcelona, but. You know, Paris Saint-Germain—they—they they have a team that is set up perfectly for the counterattack. Um, they have players that are quick. They have very technical players like Verratti and, and Neymar. That, when you do get the ball in front of your own defense, one dribble or or a couple of, of, of fights or a well placed pass, and suddenly you've opened up the opposition team. So I, I just think it's the way they play full stop. They just against teams away from home. Um, or at home, that they expect to, to play with a high-possession-driven system, they're just quite content to sit back, conserve their energy, absorb the pressure. Um, notably, Idrissa is, Gueye is having a great start to his season. Um, Marquinhos is, is, is so solid at the back that he's just Mr. Reliable. So I fully expect them to, certainly in the early parts of the game, absorb the pressure and then um, just, just get 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 many chances on counter-attack. And I think often, and this has notably been the case, I think he's probably one of the, not underrated, but he, he doesn't get the praise he deserves in this team, is Angel Di Maria. He tears Marseille apart every time, single-handedly. The last four or five years, I think he's been the the PSG player who's who's been the most dangerous against Marseille because his quality of passing... Um, and and the way he can spot a, a Mbappe making an early run behind the defence, he just he always has that perfect timing and perfect weight on the ball to to just create those chances from scratch. So I think they're just gonna, that is their style. They're not adapting for Marseille. This is just the style that PSG play when they expect the the opposition to have possession based systems.
0: Yeah, and they can afford it with with their talent. Uh, To to close in on on the Marseille subject, and before we focus on the rest of Ligue 1, um, how well do you see um, your team doing this season?
1: Um, No, I hope. I think clearly the objective with the financial outlay last summer and and Pauli and the ambitious system tactics, etc. The objective is minimum third place. I mean, they have to get return on investment um, I think it's it's they sort of went all in last summer with the transfer markets. Um, a lot of a lot of loans with options to buy that are more or less obligatory next summer. so there's going to be a big cash outlay next summer, which means that if you don't get Champions League football, you are stuck. You're basically paying for the transfers from the summer before. and I don't think that, that there will be much cash available to to recruit on top of that. Um, but if you do, You've basically absorbed all of the outlay from last summer, and you also leave yourself a bit of pocket money to strengthen the squad in the positions necessary. So, I'd like to think that, that we we can aim for third place and and maybe second, um, being ambitious. And, and, and if it all goes to plan, but we know how it works in Ligue 1. it's very unpredictable. You know, two years ago we, we ran away with it, and we were we were solid second for large parts of the season because the, the other big teams like Lyon, like Monaco, like like Lille were, were really struggling. And it seems a bit similar this season, but um, the, the, the problem is in Ligue 1 now. You have you have these little surprise teams like Lens, um, like Nice this season, who, who with a good manager and, and uh, good good young players and good attacking football, they can they can cause you as many problems as a Monaco or Lyon or Lille can in in the long run in, in the league table. So, I'd like to think second, third, but. Um, I'm worried that with the with with the, the way that our weaknesses have been exposed so far, that we will we will similarly to the Bielsa season, we'll just run out of steam, and we'll we'll probably just miss Champions League. But we'll see. It's going to
0: be uh, definitely an interesting season for Marseille, and I think uh, compared to other years, you you have the the whole of France uh, watching all the Marseille games because it's so entertaining and because. Uh, because Sampaoli has definitely brought that um, passion back uh, within Marseille as well. Uh, Marseille this week will play, like we said, uh, in Rome against Lazio in in Europa League, a game that they they sort of have to at least get a point uh, from or win if they want to. Uh, go further in Europa League and then uh, host Paris Saint-Germain on Sunday. In the meantime, Lorient uh, this weekend will be uh, hosting Bordeaux. And Lorient has been informed since the beginning of the season. Uh, Bordeaux is slowly coming back into their gear. That's going to be uh, an an interesting game. Let's go to the rest of Ligue 1. Uh, The first game that was played this weekend was uh, the capital. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain hosting Angers. Uh, Paris who won 2-1 at home against Angers, a game that didn't start the the best way for them since uh, Fulgini was the first one to score, but Paris Saint-Germain uh, came back and uh, and a couple of goals in the end, both goals I guess um, a little bit controversial, uh, a penalty uh, by Mbappe and uh, and a header first by Danilo uh, Pereira on on a cross by Mbappe who some uh, people have said that he, there's a doubt that the, the player was offside or of not. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain sort of struggles but still wins, um, like they've done since the beginning of the season. Uh, something that they were not doing last year. Uh, it's now nine games, uh, nine wins in ten games. Sorry, uh, and and it looks like Paris doesn't even need to play that well to to get the wins. Again, something that they were not doing well last year. You know, 73% possession. They they still were dominating the game. They just were a bit. Um, sterile offensively, uh, and then you know they push so much that sure maybe the ref calls went went their way, uh, but yet um, they, they they create the opportunities. I mean, if we talk about ref calls, there was a, a maybe a penalty on Icardi um, I- in the first half. Seventy-three percent possession, like I said, thirteen shots, only two on target for Paris Saint-Germain. The two goals, uh, seven shots for Angers, two on target. Angers who had a very solid first half and really. Uh, put Paris Saint-Germain under pressure. But then once they were up 1-0, sort of stopped playing. And I think Paris Saint-Germain is a team against who you just can't stop playing and stop trying to counterattack. I mean, they were just barging balls away and not uh, not trying to, to run after them. Uh, ben, whether you, you've you watched the game or the highlights of, of Red about it, um, what did you think about um, the performance from, from both teams? And what do you think about those, those controversial calls?
1: Uh, well it's, it's Paris, is, uh Pi Piaget has been consistent from the start of the season, where <clears throat> as I sort of mentioned just briefly before, not quite sure what Pochettino's system is or, or what, what guiding principles or style he's, he's imposing, but it, it just works. Um when you have that much quality in the squads compared to to the the teams like Angers, etc., that still give you a hard game, but you know, you, you would expect this and and this is where um, you sort of look back to Thomas Tuchel's PSG; they would have won that convincingly. I mean, you know, he had them playing very, very good football. Um, it was it was high tempo, but it was also very direct. And with Pochettino, it just seems to be, you know, I'm just going to put all these stars on the pitch and, and hope for the best, and, and they're going to make the difference. Um, so it's it's not surprising. I think what what surprised me the most was the way that. It was clearly an instruction from Angier, from from the manager, and, and and it was a game plan to to sit deep in the second half and stop playing. You know that's probably down to, to to two things. Yes, the naivety of you know park the bus and and will frustrate them, and also the fact that when you play a team of that quality, it, it just it's just very tiring, and you can't you can't maintain that that level of performance for the for for, for seventy five minutes, let alone ninety minutes. So. It's it's a mistake, and you never know if Angers could have would have kept playing. Maybe they would have got a point, but clearly, you know PSG just have the quality to to, to make the difference pretty comfortably in those games. And then on the refereeing controversies, look, it's every year, in Ligue one I, I, I've 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 learned to to you know get this conspiracy theory out of my head that there are, that everything's against Marseille and it always goes for Lyon PSG. I, I just think it's down to plain incompetence by the referees. Um, you know, it's, quite, it's quite scary, some of the, some of the decisions and the inconsistency in, in sanctions and bookings and, and the way they interpret VAR and the way they, 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 they apply some of the rules. Yes, it's more noticeable and it gets more media attention when it happens to Marseille, PSG or Lyon, but the fact is it happens in nearly every game there's a controversy and the referees just aren't good enough it's just down to, to the way they're they're trained and the way they're you know they're, they're sort of educated at the start and the personalities that they have so the, you can moan about it every week but it's just going to keep happening until until significant change happens at, at the the, leg, the league level
0: they very interestingly the referees are in favors of uh microphones we uh, carrying microphones during games uh because they're saying that it's going to be a way to uh, come players, and it's true. It's probably going to come all the other actors around them because now they're going to have media scrutiny. Uh, I'm I'm just super curious yeah. about what what does the referee say uh, this weekend, PSG against Angers, when um, Roman Thomas sort of like pushes him, saying that if you're going to look at VAR, look two seconds before the handball, Icardi is pulling my uh, my arm and, and making putting me down. Uh, I'm wondering what kind of. You know yeah what kind of mindset the the referees are on uh quickly on var what what's your take on var Uh,
1: no i'm I'm a big fan of it i think it's it was a necessary change to the game just because for these types of situations but but the controversy remains because the the the, the, there's no clearance of quotation you know in rugby it's very effective because a the referees are professional they're very good referees and they have the personality and the players have this culture and mindset they respect the referee's decision there's none of this back talking, trash talking crap. Um, so it helps a lot. And the rules are also black or white in rugby. There's very little room for interpretation. Whereas in football, you know, that there, there will always be some some part of bias. There will always be some contextual things where you either have a hostile environment and the referee feels under pressure to make a decision, go a certain way, or, or you have the pressure from the players who are also run the referees that, that it just makes it very difficult. And there is no clear instruction, I think, from, from the league or from the top on how to, to to interpret certain actions, when to start looking at VAR, as you say, with the with the, the, the PSG goal on Friday. If, if they'd have checked, maybe they that could have been interpreted as a foul. I certainly thought it was by Cardi who pulls on up on my back. But, you know, five referees would give it, five others won't give it. And that's where the, the, the inconsistency is. And that's what the big problem with VAR is, is in its use, in the way it's used, not in the fact that it, that it exists.
0: Closing in on on Paris Saint-Germain, twenty-four goals this season, but an XG uh, expected goals of uh, of seventeen goals only. I don't remember Paris Saint-Germain. Um, I guess overperforming that much uh, because we see them as as such a uh, uh, a powerful attack. We know that Paris Saint-Germain doesn't need to be ready now. They want to be ready in in February, March, and and they're playing against Leipzig um, this week. To to get through to to their next to the next round of uh, the Champions League, is this the year Ben for Paris Saint-Germain to win the Champions League?
1: I bloody hope not. <laughs> 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 no, but this is certainly this is the year where they have to win it. Um, you know, with the with the, with the signings they've made and the pressure they're under, the, um, and and the fact that the World Cup in Qatar is coming up, they, they've gone all in. They have got Messi. They kept Mbappe despite despite offers for him from Real Madrid, even though he might run out his contract and leave for free you know they've they've given they've done everything possible from a squad construction point of view but but i i always feel that the, the problem with psg's never not not always been the squad it's often been the manager um and this is where we will see what what Pochettino is made of this is a big test for him because if he fails here with this squad what credibility will he have um and, and we'll see because teams in liga again you know they're not going to give them an easy ride as we saw so um, it, it reminds me a bit of, you know, Marseille with Tapie and, and all of that, where because Ligue 1 was quite competitive and quite physical, he, he, there was genuine worries about, you know, are we going to play the same lineup in Ligue 1 to, to, to guarantee we win the league or are we going to do some turnover and hope that the opposition doesn't tackle us or injure any of our players? Because clearly our priority was to win the Champions League back then. PSG may be in the same danger.
0: Yeah, and I think, uh, and I, and I know we sort of both agree on that. I think it shows the quality of the of the coach, those kind of things. But I think it also shows uh, maybe the lack of support the coach gets from uh, from the hierarchy and from the the people higher up, just leaving him to to his own device. Uh, so Paris is playing Leipzig midweek, and of course uh, traveling to the Velodrome for the Classic this weekend. In the meantime, Angers will travel uh, and visit the winless uh, Saint Etienne. Next game up was uh, the French champion Lille, who were traveling to uh, Clermont and lost uh, against uh, the second of Ligue 2 last season. Uh, the goal scorer Vital and Simba at the 32nd minute. 57 possession uh, of ball for Lille, nine shots, only two on target, uh, nine shots and three on target for Clermont. Uh, Lille was, I guess, a bit harmless. No, no, Bourac David wasn't. Um, starting, but he, but he came in a bit later on. Um, that's the four, fourth loss of the season, already more than last year. They only lost three games last year. Uh, and it's Clermont's first win in a while. I mean, they had two wins to start, uh, but then weren't able to, uh, to get the three points. Uh, that's their first win and their first clean sheet in eight games, uh, which is a, a good uh, comeback. And I, I do enjoy seeing um, how, how Clermont played. Um, you know, I think I think Gastien, and we'll talk about Lance with, with heads as well, um, has brought that mentality in, in Ligue 1 that even if you're a small team, you're not going to be afraid and you're going to keep playing your football. And, and Clermont has uh, Mohamed Bayo up front, who's, who's obviously a future superstar. Uh, but how refreshing is it to see small teams coming up and, and still playing football against the, the bigger squads?
1: It's brilliant. Um, I think it's. I don't, I don't know if it's related, but you know, if you remember last year, Pablo Longoria, the, the Marseille president, had had um, yeah. you know, did an interview criticizing French managers and and the style of play, and saying that you know, not unlike Italy and and Spain and Germany, there's no clear French footballing identity, and and it seems to be there is a focus on not losing and not conceding before there is a focus on trying to win and um what what better way to to disprove him? I mean um you know all all of the old school managers like Comboire and uh Elly and Dominic and all of those those that ex generation that that shouldn't be employed anymore, frankly, they all came out crying, yeah, how can you say that? Who do you think you are blah 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 um fortunately, you know we, we I think Julien Stefan started doing it at Rennes a few years ago when when they they got to to the Champions League and they're playing attacking football. Um, you know, it's 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 nice. It's refreshing to see a sort of new generation of French coaches. That some of them are ex players, like Laurent Batlès, at Troyes, who's doing a great job there as well. Um, and then you have Franck Airs at, at Lance, and you have um, you know Clermont as well. It's ambitious, and it's and it's the way football should be played. And and they know that compared to a lot of the the, the sort of sleeper teams like the Bordeaux and the you know the the, the sort of the Saint Etienne and the um, those sort of average mid-table teams, they know that if they 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 go for the attack and they go to, to with the aim of getting a result, they will get it because of the way these teams have historically just been floating around in Ligue 1 with no clear direction for years. So, it's it's great. Um, Clermont, is is Mohamed Bayou is a great player. I'd be surprised if he stays at Clermont after this mm-hmm. season. But it's it's good and refreshing to see that these teams come up and, and they know that their objective is obviously to, to stay in Ligue 1 for one year at least after they get promoted. But they, they, they're giving themselves the best chances by playing attacking football.
0: Yeah, and you're definitely less worried for Clermont as far as the, the relegation battle than you would be for a Brest or, or Saint-Étienne when you see them played. The best chance for Lille came from Fonte at the very end, which shows again... Uh, that Govenec Lille uh, isn't quite what uh, it was uh, under Galchier. It's going to be a, a long season, I think, for uh like Govenec. <laughs> uh, Claremont... Is
1: expecting anything different?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? For for Uh Clermont was traveling to Nantes at the end of the week, uh, and Lille uh, two two important games. They are um, hosting Sevilla in Europa League midweek, and uh, they're hosting uh, winless Brest at the end of the week. Uh, to game that they sort of uh, need to need to win if they want to have a good uh, follow of the season. Next game up was probably the most expected game of the weekend between Lyon Uh, And Monaco and the three points uh, stayed for the home team. Lyon uh, 2 0 for OL, Uh, the goal scorer, Carl Toko Ekambi, at the 75th on penalty, and Denayer at the 90th. 62% possession for Lyon. I don't know when, I don't remember last time Monaco uh, was under 40% possession with Kovac. Uh, 14 shots for Mm -hmm. Lyon, 8 on targets, 9 shots for uh, Monaco, 3 on target. Crucial Paqueta when he came in. Uh, The game, I guess, was a little bit less boring. Uh, Fourth consecutive win for Lyon against Monaco. They start to to like playing against the club of the principality. Uh, It was a cagey affair, I reckon, until Paqueta came in and and sort of changed um, the the fate of the game. Uh, Again, a bit of a controversial call maybe on on the penalty. I mean, um, Di Sazi tackled the ball first, but then ends up in, in Dubois' Leg, uh, I, I guess I'm happy if it's whistled or not, but uh, but obviously Monaco uh, fans would think that it maybe wasn't a pen. Uh, we're seeing, I think, Lyon coming together nicely under um, both football's idea. I mean, he's clearly um, a total football um, sort of disciple, so, so it's it's getting much better. It's always easier when you have a player like Paqueta in your squad. Uh, guimaraes as well is, is pretty impressive and, and very useful in the midfield for them. And speaking of Guimaraes, there's actually a very uh, interesting article on, on breaking the lines about uh, Guimaraes and how um, Atletico Madrid sort of missed out on him uh, in, in the summer, written uh, by Cameron Smith, a, a great piece of uh, of journalism there and, and where I talk about, um, you know, the data behind um, Guimaraes' performances. Uh, I think Lyon is definitely... Slowly coming together and slowly getting where we expect them to be, Kovac um, unable to to really get that from uh, from Monaco. Uh, like I said, I've I've rarely seen them with, with such low possession. Uh, they had maybe a couple half chances, but there was not a lot of intensity. Uh, before we talk about this game, I have a bit of trivia for you, Ben. That game was. Two goalkeepers from Germany playing against each other: Nübel and uh, Pollersbeck, the, the um, Anthony Lopez replacement. Yeah. Uh, and, and looking a little bit into it, uh, we didn't have that many German goalkeepers in in Liga. Four actually. So two of them were playing yesterday. Can you give me the two other German goalkeepers who played in Liga? There's
1: uh, Andreas Kockiew, the, the player for Marseille. Know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, four. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you the Marseille's rivals.
1: Paris. Ah, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I can't remember his name, but yes, um, <laughs> Kevin Trapp. Kevin Trapp. That's it. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's been, it's been fairly recent, hasn't it? German goalkeeper. Mm. In Interesting, probably the right? That, uh, probably the first time that two German keepers played each other in Ligue 1. So yeah.
0: Yeah, very first time that they play uh, play against each other. Yeah, uh, I was I was yeah, wondering while while I was watching that game. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what, what did you make of that game, Ben?
1: Um, well, you've 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 nailed it really. I think that the possession stats don't lie, but it's it's more you know it seems, it's symptomatic of Monaco since the first the start of the season where um, they seem to only be motivated by the bigger games. So they played really well against Shakhtar in both the Champions League games, um, and then in Ligue One they just they just they just have false starts. You know they they put a couple of results together and then they get they get punished and they started very badly. I think Marseille we embarrassed them when we played there. We, we completely paid them off the pitch they had no possible response to, to the pressing and, and the way that we were constantly attacking them and, and threatening them um, and in the guys just it seems like a bit of a hangover from last season where i don't think that they they strengthened as much as they probably should have done um over the summer so they didn't bring in enough fresh bloods there's an over reliance on on the likes of Truamini to um you know to, to come up with the goods um Volans certainly looks off the pace Ben looks like he's he's a bit disinterested um it it's going to be a long season for them if they don't quickly start putting together a run of consistent wins because they will lose ground on the top 3 and the, you know the the threats we we know that Monaco is a club that doesn't hesitate to sack their managers when things <laughs> aren't going well so Kovac very quickly could find himself under pressure
0: strength offensively it's uh it's sad to see that they can't um get together on the other side though Paqueta I mean I'm sure you've seen that yeah. uh that blind pass on that second goal he's been uh he's been fantastic for you on this season
1: he's a great player I mean already last season I rated him highly um I I I, I think that he's a great player I mean I've seen a few interviews of him off the pitch though he doesn't look like the brightest sold, but um he, he look, he's he's it's, he's clearly They're. they the shining lights in the in the start of this season. If he wasn't there, they'd they'd probably still be struggling because they, they started off very badly in Liga. They've put together a few results now, um, and they have a, an important run of, of games coming up that they should be able to get points from. Um again, uh, I, I still think Marseille have should be ahead of them in 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 the table at the end of the season just because we we have better players and the style of football we're playing in our squads better. But th- who knows? You know, if they put together some some results and other players start finding form, they could they could become a, a, a bit of an, a, a threat and, and establish themselves as as the solid com- um, contender for top three.
0: Lyon he was struggling up front. Uh, Dembele. Uh, injured and Slimani wasn't playing, and uh, it, it might be the, the issue that could be fixed, of course, at the uh, at the um, winter Mercato Lyon this week, who's playing in um, in Czech Republic against Sparta Prague midweek, and then uh, visiting Nice at the Alliance Rivera at the end of the week. Monaco, in the meantime, will travel to PSV for a very complicated game in Europa League uh, and hosts um, Tejis Montpellier this weekend. Uh, and, and Nice, Ooh. we come to them now. Nice, who weren't able to win this weekend uh, a game in Troyes. They lost uh, against Troyes 1-0, the goal by Mamá Balde at the fourth minute, uh, despite getting the ball 62% of the time. 11 shot 3 on target for Nice, 8 shots, 3 on target for Troyes. But Troyes, who basically dominated uh, most of the game, despite not getting the, the possession and, and were much more dangerous and, and deserved uh, a, a few more goals. Two had a, a couple of opportunities in both the first uh, and the second half, and also some uh, some beautifully threaded goal um, by Troin and one that was uh, disallowed rightfully for for offside. Um, nice, completely missed their game, but you know, kudos to to Batless for what he's doing at Troy. Finally, getting a bit of a, a bit of a result, he, he deserves it. I think the football they're playing is is brilliant. Have you seen them a little bit this season, Ben?
1: Yeah, I've seen, I've watched a couple of their games. Um, I saw the highlights only for the Nice game, but <clears throat> they, they already in League Two last year. You know they they were they were praised for the way they played football and it was attacking. And um, I think also some of the, the players, um, the way they used in the system and and the, the passing moves, as you say, that they put together. You, you know, you, you would look at it sometimes and think, wow, this this reminds you of um, this is the way the bigger teams should be playing. Um, but no, Betley is doing a good job, um, as you said, for seeing the highlights um, and for looking at, at all the stats. You know, Troyes, at the end of the day, they they had similar number of expected goals as Nice, but also, even though they didn't dominate, maybe the the, the sort of um, you know sort of slower parts of the game when when Nice were, were passing it around at the back quite a bit, they were the more dangerous team. I just felt like they, again, as you say, they they could have scored more, they should have scored more, and, and they deserved their win. And Nice. Looks a little bit off the
0: pace. It, it was the first home win for Troy. Uh, Trois, of course, who uh, belongs to the city football club. Uh, so I also think that if Batless wasn't that kind of coach who wants to um, play football, he wouldn't be the coach at Troy. Because to be in the city football club, uh, you have to have coaches that want to play that uh, that style of football. Uh, interesting comments from Galtier, the the Nice coach after the game. Uh, who basically um, sort of lashed out at his player uh, in the media. We know Galce likes to do that here and there to uh, yeah. motivate his, his troops, uh, saying that you know it's all it's all well and good to be uh, to be performing against big clubs, uh, but if you have ambition, uh, you got to show up every single game. And if the players in his team um, have ambition, they have to show it um, even against the Lorient, the Troyes, and and not just save themselves for the. Uh, For the bigger game, what do you think about those? Uh, the way Galce comes out in the media like this is uh, he likes to do that,
1: yeah. He does it quite often. Um, he did it, um, just before the start of the season, didn't he? After after they had a pretty poor pre season, and he sort of said, Look, I know I'm bringing new principles to the team and and it's more attacking and and they have to adapt. But I've seen, I think his exact words were, I'm seeing things that aren't acceptable from professionals. Um, and this was before the start of the season, and then they started brightly enough, so it it probably worked. You know, it's um, I, I don't know. He's 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 got the tendency to be a bit Mourinho esque, hasn't he, with these sorts mm-hmm. of comments? And eventually, it may backfire. But um, I think that you know, when these nice, nice did did all all they could to get him as coach from Leland, and they they will back him with this, and they will give him all the resources and support he needs in front of the players. So he, it's necessary sometimes, but um, it it only goes a certain way. Before it backfires,
0: yeah, he's got he's got to get the result with the with the money they are spending as well. Yeah. Uh, Trois this weekend will uh, travel to Reims uh, and Nice, who, who will host Lyon, like we were saying. Uh, nice, who's having a bit of a run themselves, uh, the next four games will be. Um, Lyon at home and then uh, Marseille on, uh, of course, uh, well, in trois back in three in uh, on neutral ground, uh, and then Angers and Montpellier. I guess we're going to see if uh, the Nice squad is um, up to par with those uh, with those four games. Uh, next game up, Bordeaux against Nantes. Uh, Nantes, excuse me. One-one. Uh, Huang Weizhou scored for Bordeaux, the, the Korean international, who's. Uh, find himself a second youth in Bordeaux, 60 second minute. Uh, and Chirivella uh, answered at the 75th minute. Bordeaux dominated with 60% of the ball, but only one shot of target, that goal from Ouijo, uh, who also had hit the um, the crossbar in, in the first half. Uh, Nantes with 13 shots, seven on target. Uh, an entertaining game, but those two teams definitely uh, have a bit of issues, I guess. Uh, I guess in the way they play football, just technically, there's a lot of mistakes, there's a lot of um, loose ball, and, and I think it's going to be hard for them. In in the long run, that said, uh, and I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm pleasantly surprised by not by uh, Compuarez. Not, I mean, I expected them to struggle all season. Uh, They're actually playing an, an okay football. Um, they obviously have talent up front, but I didn't think they were going to use it. You know, Moses Simon and uh, Colomouani and Ludovic Blas, of course. Uh, But but they're actually playing okay. Did you expect that from from Comboire?
1: No, no, not at all. Um, You know, Comboire, uh, this is the guy who famously (laughs) famously came out um, before a game against Marseille when he was at Toulouse and said, football is secondary tonight i want to see men on the pitch and it's like jesus christ how does this guy still get jobs you know <clears throat> but yeah completely completely sh- sh- shocked almost is the words that they're playing not not just content with playing for survival um you know that I, I was expecting them to to go the way of satay this season which would be to, to you know to collapse in the end of the the end of the electro shock. You know, when kumbaya joins the team, usually they have a bit of a, a wake up and they they save themselves from relegation. And then the second the, the, the season afterwards, he's gone by Christmas. Usually, um, no, they do have the players, um, and I, I agree with you. Was were they going to play this way? Were they going to take this many risks in the, in their build up? Um, because you look at some of, some of the actions I've seen them um, put together since the beginning of the season, it's it's a bit like Marseille. They they uh-huh. they have a tendency to go for the high risk. Um, sort of solution rather than than play it safe sometimes, and it's been paying off. Um, but Kouroumane is special mention. He's he's a fantastic player, and I, I would love to see him at Marseille, for example, in the end of the season as a you know a, a, a backup. Um, certainly as a young French striker, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna have a decent career. Um, and he's got potential and. and he he not not i think are playing the st- the type of football that favors his his style a bit similar to the way that nantes played play the style that suits Calimundo. and you know colomani i think with 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 good players around him he he could turn into a lethal striker
0: I wouldn't be surprised if nantes turning a few of those players colomani Chirivella, even, even even if he's a bit older a player like andre giotto in uh, into player that's going to get them a, a bit of money at the end nantes who, who nearly got the win with uh, uh, a pretty, pretty free kick from uh, Sebastian Korsha. I mean, uh, we know how good he is on set pieces, uh, who luckily for uh, Costille crashed on the crossbar. Uh, Bordeaux, who will uh, face another team from the Atlantic uh, this weekend, they're going to travel to Lorient, uh, while Nantes hosts um, Clermont. The next game uh, was the humiliation of the weekend. Strasbourg against Saint-Étienne, 5-1 against Strasbourg, Saint-Étienne in, uh, in all uh, kind of uh, trouble, really. Le Marchand scored the first goal for Strasbourg at the 26th minute. Then Yusuf uh, scored an on-goal at the 38th minute. Six minutes later, Yusuf um, got a red card. So not, not a great game for the, the poor uh, young Vare um, player. Kazri uh, scored a penalty to try and put Saint-Étienne back into the game, but then Gamero, Ajork, and Jallo uh, all scored at the 69, 73rd, and 85th minute to make it five for Strasbourg, 12 shots for Strasbourg, six on target, four shots for Saint-Étienne, two on target. When it doesn't smile for Sainte-Chen, uh, it really doesn't. I mean, Yusuf, uh, an on goal, and then um, sent off, it, and then in like a minute later, that. Um, Penalty given to Kazri, it's a a tackle from behind from Le Marchand in the box. But yeah, no red card on that one. Yellow card, we are talking about how uh, how the referees' calls were a little bit uh, inconsistent. Uh, And then, you know, after that, when you're playing against uh, Julien Stefan's squad, uh, 10 men, it's always going to be hard. In the second half, Strasbourg was was all attack. Good to see Gamero's first um, home goal for Strasbourg since uh, 2008. Uh, he came back for that, you know, The he was in balance and, and in Spain in general yeah. for a while. Uh, they have a good squad up front, you know, Ajok, Giallo, Gamero. We don't talk too much about Leonardo or about Gilbert, uh, but Strasbourg, uh, you would think, should be in, in the first half. Saint-Étienne doesn't have a team that seems like they would play for relegation. I mean, they do have talent, but at best, they are poor defensively, they're... Um, they're disgracious. And, and and Puel is supposed to be a, a coach that likes to be um strong defensively first do you think I mean you know in any other context Puel's job would be under threat do you think uh, it, it Chep would Chep be. can can get rid of him though like do they have the money to even do that we, with all what we see in the you know in, in off the field
1: well, that's the question isn't it and, and it's just it, it's it's symptomatic it's this is the way Bordeaux would have gone if Jean Lopez hadn't know, Miss mm-hmm. would have, uh, well, they were they were f- facing potential relocation administratively, let alone on the pitch but you know last season they, they were dreadful and Saint-Étienne is, is the new Bordeaux in that sense where you, you seem to have owners that are completely uh, disconnected from the reality and are at odds with each other um and, and there's just no money, no plan, no investment um I think you have to you have to you know take your hat off to Puel um for, for staying in these circumstances because it's uh-huh. a very difficult context and he's you know he's he is a coach so he still have he still has decent credibility you know he coached in the premier league he was pretty good with leicester and southampton for a while before the wheels fell off but he he, said, he he's clearly lost lost i don't think he's lost the dressing room but i just don't think there's anything more he can get from this squad and they've just suffered from a lack of of investment and a lack of ambition um, certainly from um, from the owners because th- you can't say they've not received cash. No, I mean they sold Saliba for, for thirty sure. million for, we'll three years out. ago for Fana, so they've had the cash. And it's either been very poorly invested, or it's or it's just not been reinvested at all. And you sort of look at it and go, is there a captain steering the ship? And and I think Puel is, you know, he's taking a lot of the flak, and and he's, he's I respect him for sticking around and not leaving them in the shit because. What's the alternative? Let's face it. You know, when the, when the club is struggling in Liga, they tend to go for the Comboires, the Dupar, the, the you know the the old school warrior style oh. ma- managers who who don't necessarily focus on football, but they focus on on grinding out enough points to stay up. I, I think that they're in danger of missing that that boat if they they don't take that decision. But again, is the squad good enough? And I just I just don't think it is. I think that a lot of these players, apart from Buanga, who who is good but inconsistent, um, you know, I don't think there's enough quality in the Satan team to, to to keep them up, and this has been a long time coming, sadly.
0: Yeah, I think maybe maybe they're one, two players away from from getting a bit better, like a better centre back. And because you Indeed. got Neyu who's not too bad in the midfield. You you mentioned Buanga, Etienne Green is a good goalkeeper. There's- uh you know, Masson. Um, I'm missing the name of the young forward on the right. Anyway, they have a few uh, young players that I think can make it Buanga. I, I think from the beginning of the season, they had a lot of chance. They just were not uh, putting him in the back of the net. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, it's definitely a team that's struggling and uh, and Strasbourg uh, took full advantage of it. And I think Julien Stefan needed that win um, in Alsace to try and, uh, and motivate his troops a little bit. Same thing Strasbourg was... Uh, good players, but we're struggling to find their form. They're travelling to Rennes uh, this weekend. Strasbourg it's not going to be easy for Julien Stéphane to play in uh, his former stomping ground. Uh, St. Legem in the meantime will be uh, hosting Angers. Uh, next game, uh, Brest against Reims. Uh, 1-1, uh, a game of two halves. The, the first half, definitely for Reims, uh, Brest under Der Zakarian, who still hasn't, have, uh, who hasn't had a, a win. There are actually four in games without a win right now. Uh, Woodfest scored the first goal for Reims at the 12th minute. Honora answered at the 74th minute. Uh, the goal from Fes came with another mistake from Biso, um Unable to push the ball away and, and the camera of course tried to went on the bench to Larssoner. Lars Larssoner has been benched since Marco Biso, um was, uh, was recruited. More importantly, that goal from Honora for Brest is already a contender for the goal of the season. Have you watched that? Oh, it's an
1: amazing, goal! What, what a goal! A <laughs> yeah, nice. No, and, and you see this in Miguel sometimes, and you, and, and, you, and especially from someone like Norah, you go, Jesus! I didn't know he had that in his locker.
0: Last year he was already Brest to our wildest with um, uh, Cardona, who had scored that uh, yeah. that amazing Ariel's scissor kick. Uh, anyway, a, a game that you know, I, every time I talk about Brest and Rennes, I feel like I say the same thing. Uh, it's just a little bit weak. There's a few bursts of um, of good football, but then the rest of it is is a little bit, um, you know, just not as good as you want it to be. It, it looks like they have the player, but they're missing a, a couple of things, whether it comes from, from the coach or the or the talent on the field. But uh, yeah, 1-1, one, one, uh, a game of the half, like I said. Uh, Raikovic, um was in good form, thankfully, for, for Reims in the second half. Um, save a couple of opportunities. Brest traveling to Lille at the end of the week, uh, and Reims will be hosting... Uh, Three, a couple more games to talk about. Metz, who was hosting Rennes, uh, Metz, who's just not having it this season. A 3-0 win for Rennes in Lorraine. Uh, Laborde, the first goal scorer at the 24th minute, then Suleimana at the 37th, and Terrier at the 45th. 21 shots for Rennes, eight on target. Uh, only nine shots for Metz, two on target. 66 ball position for Rennes uh Laborde scored a beautiful goal, is um, the first striker to score in four successive games for Rennes since a, a certain Alexander Fry, which uh, will make every Rennes uh, supporter happy. Mess just um, un- unable to answer and defensively just poor. I mean, Suleimana is a great player, uh, but the, the ease which he was able to dribble through Udol and score that second goal, uh, and even on the third goal, the amount of space on on the right side and on the second half, so many opportunities from Rennes as well. With uh, with Mess just almost refusing to defend in the box. Uh, the last clinching for Mess was 16 days, 16 games ago. Excuse me. What what can Antonetti do in Mess to to steer the ship back? Do you think, Ben?
1: It, I, feel, I I like Antonetti. I've always liked him. I <clears> think <throat> um, you, you you remember the context last season. It was a bit sad. Mm. His wife passed away. Um, he wanted to stop but he stayed around and they they actually had a quick, you know i thought they had a decent season last season and, and mm-hmm. they were playing decent football um again i think sadly they just they just didn't do enough in the, in the transfer markets um and that's consistent with with even the teams we discussed before Me- uh, hans and brest um you know you, you see that there are decent little players in Ligue 2 that you could go and get to try and make yourself a bit more threatening attacking wise or certainly add add a add add, add add something to your midfields and they just they just miss out on these players and they either don't invest or they make the wrong decisions to go for veterans and it, it never it never ends well. And I, I feel a bit for Antoniti but at the end of the day you know we know how the ball works and sadly I think I think he may see out the season, but I, I just think this will be the the last straw for him from a mental point of view and he'll 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 take a break, maybe retire full stop. But yeah, you feel a bit of a mess because I, I I have watched a few of their games this season. I felt that they've been a bit hard done by in some of them. They missed chances or, or referee mm-hmm. decisions in a couple of them. But the fact is, they're just they're just off the pace and um, and Rennes are firing on all cylinders. You know, Zinédine at the end of the day, uh, nice. You know, Lyon, Lyon, yeah, Lyon fans won't, won't agree with this ever. But I, I always thought he was a decent coach. Um, he certainly has a style of football that does promote for the attacking football and and he seems to have resurrected Terrier who you know who was dead um and he was on life support that during the whole time he was at Lyon he's he's given him a second wind and and i i was a bit shocked well i wasn't shocked because we knew Montpellier needed money which is why they they had to sell these players but you know for them to get Laborde um you know i i, I rate him quite a bit i don't think he's good enough for Marseille quality but or, or Monaco or, or Lyon but he's certainly a player who, who will have decent decent seasons, you know, sort of fif- 15 goal, league goals or less uh, in, in the league for, for these teams. So, yeah, it's, they're on a good run at the minute. We'll see how far it takes them.
0: Yeah, Labour and the talented striker. And when you have uh, Jérémy Doku and Suleimana and, and even Girassi around and uh, Bourijo Té to send you the ball in the box, uh, it's 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 not surprising to see Rennes doing that well. I mean, it's good that Genesio was able to... Uh, to get all those players to, to play together, and Ren might finally be able to uh, be where we expect them to be. They spend a bit of money as well this uh, this off season, so uh, they should be playing the the European uh, spots for sure. Uh, Ren, who's going to play against uh, Mura this uh, midweek in Conference League, uh, before hosting Strasbourg at the end of the week, uh, and Mess, uh, complicated. Uh, travel to Lance, <laughs> uh in Bollard. Uh, and and Lens, we're going to talk about it. We, we've talked about that game uh, offline. Uh, Montpellier against Lance. Uh, Montpellier wins uh, 1-0, a very important win and maybe surprising win for Montpellier. did the goal score at the 47th minute just after the halftime. Uh, 15 shots for Montpellier, 6 on target, 18 shots for Lance, uh, 5 on target, 51% position for Lance. A red card given to, uh, to Montpellier, Jordan Ferry at the uh 86 minutes uh I mean the stats sort of uh say it and, and that's not even half of the story uh it was a very entertaining game I mean Savani on one side Sekoufofana on the other side you, you you think it's going to be entertaining but it was even better than that what do you think about that game Ben it
1: was it was amazing um I mean both the games well both the, the late games yesterday were were really good I mean. You know, lens is a team that we have seen it from the start of the season. They they don't they're not afraid at all. Um they go away, they they've won in Monaco, they won in Marseille rather convincingly. Um and it's you know, you know that they're gonna put you under pressure even if you're at home. Um but Montpellier they, they 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 responded well and there was a lot of chances. It was very high tempo, even even right until the end, um there, there were there were lots of chances for both teams. Um, you know, we have mentioned Paiet, we've mentioned Pequeta, but but Savanier is outstanding, outstanding so far this season. Um, he was already good last season, despite a bit of you know he had a, a few injuries, and he missed quite a few games. But he, I, I'm I'm still surprised. I think it's due to his age. But if he was 25, he would he would be in a, in a bigger club, maybe even in the Premier League, um, because of the quality of his passing and his technical ability to to, to carry the ball forward and. Create chances for his teammates. It's it's, it's he, he reminds me a bit of the French Frank Lampard.
0: <laughs> you th- you think that if they hadn't lost um, Labord and Delar, uh, a few of those opportunities would have uh, gone in the back of the net. I mean, no disrespect to uh, to valer Germain, but uh, he hit the post. He, he misses another one. Uh, <laughs> Savagnier is just such a yeah, such a maestro into in the midfield, and uh, yeah, you know, you, you you don't know if he's. I mean, he's talented, but clearly the fact that he's home um he's comfortable in Montpellier uh he's got the armband he's free to sort of do whatever he wants to do uh makes him even better uh but yeah I'll be I'll be very curious to see him playing into another team and to see um how he can adapt to another sort of city or or style of of football and and still bring bring forward his uh his skills because um full is definitely what he it is. Uh, mm. it's the first uh, first loss for Lance away from home this season which is a pretty uh, pretty interesting stat but like you said uh, since Frank took over uh, last place, a very um, a very attractive style of football, uh, and and Montpellier that win ends a, a four game winless um, streak, which is good for uh, uh, Olivier Dalorio a coach that um, I'm sure you do as well. Um, I rate really? uh, and I think is uh, is well um, well settled in in Montpellier with a player like Savanier in the midfield. Uh, a bit more um, a bit more complaining about the ref at the end of the game. Uh, oh, Valère sure. Germain, who's usually the nicest guy, uh, did say that the referees were acting like uh, like cowboys and, and arrogance and, and all those words were thrown. And he said that he would like to see the, the microphone on the F, um to, to be able to talk about it a bit more. It's all that conversation, I think, is going to be all season in, uh, in Ligue Liga, I guess, uh, like every year. Uh, Montpellier, who's traveling to Monaco, great game uh, this weekend. Uh, and in the meantime, Lance, like I said, will be hosting. Uh, Mess. That's the end of, uh, of that match day uh, 10 presentation. Obviously, there was... Um, a, a lot of football played and a lot of uh, good football play. Uh, what it means uh, is on the ladder right now, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, is at the top, 27 points in 10 games. Um, and then, Lens at 18th, Marseille 17th, Nice, Angers, Lyon 16 points each, Rennes at 15, it's very tight. Uh, and although at the bottom, it's a little bit less tight. Saint-Étienne uh, 20th with only 4 points in 10 games. Uh, the worst starts, I think, since... the. Seven cheese or something like that. Uh, breast five points, uh, mess six points, and then uh, Bordeaux eight. Uh, it's not, it's not pretty for for breast and Saint Etienne. Um, player wise, Gaetan labord on top of the goal scoring ladder with seven goals, followed by Jonathan David six. Uh, and in the uh, assist ladder, uh, Ajok is up front with uh, um, Simon and Dimitri Payet is coming back. I think depending on how many assists is been given um, this weekend. Okay. We quickly said uh, that this week, of course, there's a few European games. Uh, ben, you and me, we quickly played the the game of um, the predictions for uh, the Champions League and the Europa League games. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Leipzig at the Parc des Princes. Leipzig who, uh, had a little 1-1 uh, draw in Fribourg this weekend, but Leipzig who really needs a win. Uh, they started the, um, huge, the Champions League campaign with two losses. Uh, what do you reckon the score is going to be at the Parc des Princes?
1: Uh, I think PSG three one. Um, I'm fully expecting Nkunku to score for Leipzig against his own <laughs> club. <laughs> PSG have they suffer from this curse more more than other teams? I think, but that's just a credit to their their, their academy and they produce so much talent that they 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 export and so they don't sadly don't give them the chance to stay at the club. But it, it's what's going to happen. I think they they will win. Um, but they will Leipzig. I, I still think Leipzig will cause some problems.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, I agree with you. And I think Leipzig might be uh, the first one scoring or the one causing trouble first by playing hard and, hard and high. But um, like we said, when we talk about Marseille-Paris Saint-Germain, Paris is able to um, stay deep and then um, operate in counter-attack. Uh, Lille against um, Sevilla. Uh, Les dogs who need a result. Uh, Sevilla, the best defence in Liga. Uh, th- only three goals considered in eight games. Uh, and they won this weekend uh, in Celta. One uh, zero goal from Rafinha. What do you think that goal, that game will uh, finish in? Uh,
1: Lille. Uh, Lille win? S- no, no, Sevilla. Ah. I, mean, Lille, <laughs> I think I think it's they, they were they were unfortunate. I think um, in in the last Champions League game where they, they you know, sadly if you miss those chances then you, you get punished in Europe, and I think Marseille, we saw that against Spartak Moscou. You know, we, we we could have scored two or three goals, we didn't, and we can see the late equalizer. Lille was the same, but uh, you know, Sevilla, come on, Sevilla is a is a powerhouse in Europe. Um I fully expect them to, to, to win pretty convincingly.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I would agree, but I would, but, I would, uh, I
1: would say two nil for Sevilla.
0: Hopefully Lille can cause an upset, but it's uh I think it's going to be uh really hard. Europa League Sparta Pag against Lyon.
1: Um Sparta Prague, you know what? Um, I, I watched them last year in the Europa League quite a bit because they played Leicester and they played Arsenal. They're not an easy team away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, I would fancy a draw here. I would say one-one um, because Lyon. They, they we've seen that they, they, they struggle offensively. Um, I think Sparta will, will surprise them at home, and it will be a very hostile environment.
0: Yeah, um, I feel like it, I see Lyon winning because. They feel untouchable in, in Europe this season. But I agree that Sparta is, a, is an attractive team. I, li- I like how they play football and how they played um, this season and last season. Yeah, I- I'll give it to Lyon. Uh, PSV against Monaco. PSV won 3-1 against Peck's well this um, weekend. They were down 1-0 and they scored three goals at the 84th, 86th and 89th minute. A uh, little warning for Monaco to say that even if they think that they got the game, uh, PSV can always come back. Who do, who do you think winning that one?
1: Uh, just based on their current form, uh, I think PSV will will be too much for Monaco. I think I
0: think one 0 for PSV. Yeah, Monaco is uh, is definitely not there right now. Uh, the important game for you, Lazio <laughs> against Marseille. Uh, Marseille you can't really afford to lose, can they? Paoli versus Sarri is probably going to be the story of the of the game. And and Sarri was on a win. Uh, won three one against Inter this weekend. Lazio a very good result for uh, for Sarri. <sighs>
1: Again, like like the PSG game, my my heart says Marseille because we have to win, we'll win. But my head just knows that I think I think Lazio they they're going to have too much for us, um, and I think it'll be two one to Lazio sadly, and it's really going to put a, a big dent in our in our chances to qualify from the group.
0: It's going to be, a, I think, a, a very interesting game. I'll say a draw on that one, a third draw for for Marseille. Uh, and last but not least the European Conference League, our favourite European Cup, uh, <laughs> Murat against uh, Rennes. Murat, who won 3-2 against Aluminium if you're uh, if you're interested in that uh, result. Um, I, I mean, I guess Rennes should win that one, right?
1: They should. I mean, you say our favourite European competition, though, Marseille could be playing in it soon. Mm. <laughs> if, we <don't> win, <laughs> if we don't win on Thursday, we could finish third in that group and, and end up in that competition. But yeah, I think I think Ren, um, you know, you would expect them to to, to beat them comfortably. I mean, uh, Tottenham gave Murat schooling last time out, and I think yeah. I think, I think they're, they're they're the minnows of the group. So I would say three one for him.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd definitely give uh, Ren a, a nice big advantage as well. I was going to say 3-0, but yeah, let's give them uh, a goal. Ben, thank you for uh, for being on the pod. Thanks for uh, for joining me for that first pod. Uh, under my uh, my new colours of uh, breaking the lines, uh, any any last word, any little plug for for the Marseille view?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, hi to, hi to all the guys at the Marseille view. We're going to have a busy few weeks with all the games we have to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, thank you, a pleasure, and um, yeah, good good luck. Uh, I think it's, it makes perfect sense that, that you guys uh, you've joined behind the lines that they, they get a great Liga analyst and a great uh, a great podcast, and you, you get to raise the profile a bit. And yeah, best of luck. Good collaboration,
0: and um, and I hope it develops well. I I appreciate it, Ben. I I think Zach might be still better than I am uh, analyzing Ligue 1. Although I am I am from France, but I'll 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 get there. I'll bring my uh, my French context <laughs> in there. Thanks everyone for um, following us, for listening to us. A bit of a um, longer podcast than usual, but there was so much uh, thing to talk about, and it was a pleasure to talk about it uh, with Ben Ligue 1. He's like that you think that you're coming for Messi and Mbappé and you stay for um, Savannier. Thank you very much for listening. We'll uh, see you next week for sure. Uh, In the meantime, uh, follow Ligue 1 this week in in Europe and hopefully uh, like we've had since the beginning of the season in Europe, we're not going to have that many losses and and only positive results. Thank you everyone. Merci beaucoup. Bye-bye.